Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. We all just have to remember, our little sphere of influence is plenty for us and our evangelization and our discipleship, trying to be a saintly, holy, virtuous person. There is plenty of work to do right in your own home, in your own neighborhood, in your job, in your community, especially in your own home. If you, like me and many out there who listen to me, are the only one that's really on the journey, you are the practicing Catholic, you are trying to live your best life and by example, lead people to Jesus. Let's not forget about the most important thing, love. We can't catechize someone to God. (laughs) I tried it. It does not work. That's what I tried to do in the beginning. It was all about me stumbling across the Eucharist and Eucharistic miracles. And I thought by sharing that, maybe, just maybe, somebody might be curious and go look at something. But what really mattered to the people in my life was how God changed me into a good person. Not a great person, not an extraordinarily holy person. No, no, no. I struggled a lot along the way. And I shared that with my friends and family. And they saw what I was working on because I told them what I was working on. And then when they see God come into my life and change me, God is going to change them. That's how it works. So today, let's look at how we are with the people in our life. The ones we see almost every day, you may be married, you may work, you may volunteer. If you're single, you still have people in your life that you see regularly. And with those people, How much love do you shower on them? How much acceptance do you truly provide where they feel like they can come to you 
vulnerably and talk to you about anything without any judgment. There's a difference between being holy and being on the path where we don't want to fall off and being judgmental to those around us who are not on the path. And sometimes that's off-putting because we judge them. We look at how they live their life. We tell them that it's not good for them and we're supposed to do it. We are supposed to call out the sin, but we're supposed to do it with love. Are you following it up with, because I care about your eternal soul? (laughs) Because I don't want flames licking your butt for eternity? Because I, in my wisdom, maybe it's your kids, your grandchildren, or someone younger than you. I mean, I laugh at my quote-unquote wisdom at 52 years old, but God has showered some of his wisdom on me. Remember James? I mention all the time, the book of James, chapter one. All you got to do is call out with confidence for God's wisdom. And if you don't have a duplicate duplicity type of mind, if you're not like the waves flowing back and forth and you're firm in your belief and you're strong in how you live and how you speak, God is going to shine, shine, shadow, pour. All those words were coming out of my head at the same time. And obviously they didn't come out right. He's going to pour his grace on you. And then you can be that miracle. You can be that good person who's trying to love people to Jesus, not to shame them, not to judge them, not to cast them out of your life because of the way in which they live. We need to love them more, 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 more children, their boyfriends and girlfriends. That was what I noticed when I was at my son's party, meeting his girlfriend's parents. And they were wonderful and they really loved Jake. And I really love Amy. And I couldn't say enough about how happy I was that she was with my son. And that love is going to make those two because I shared it with them. (laughs) I shared how much we love them together and how already we were marrying them off. Who knows what will happen? Who knows the path that they will take? But I know that love begets love. There is no question about it. So the more you love everyone in your life, who God put in your path, and you overlove them. You go overboard. You say it, you touch them, you have that affection, you have that intimacy. Go check out my Saturday morning coffee with Kendra, where we talk about relationships and intimacy and how the culture and Satan actually poo-poo it and try to stop it. And it's the basis of every single relationship. The idea here is that those people in your life should feel comfortable to come to you and talk to you about anything. Anything. 
without judgment from you. They know that you won't judge them. And how do they know you won't judge them? Because you love them, because you talk to them, because you ask them to come talk to you about anything and everything, because all you want to do is love them. And maybe if they want your advice, you'll give it to them. But half the time, they just need to know that they can go to someone who is not going to cast judgment on them. That is a real big deal with kids that are getting into adulthood. I know my boys can talk to me about anything because they already have. I need to remind them that they can. Anytime you want to come talk to me about anything, you know that I am here for you. That's something that we may think they understand and they know and no need to say it. Just like people say, oh, they know I love them. I don't need to tell them. I'm actually thinking of writing a letter and sending it to each of my kids just to let them know how proud I am of them, how I am here for them in all stages of their lives and that they should never, ever feel like they cannot come to me and talk to me about anything. Think about if your parents did that. I guess I always have had that relationship with mine, but it didn't come until I was like, 26 or 27. I remember I couldn't go to my dad for certain things, but I could go to my mom for things at that time because I know that she related to what I was doing, which was basically committing adultery and getting a divorce from my first husband. (laughs) But I digress. I've always felt that with my mom, there was no judgment. And I know that she doesn't agree with how I lived my life at the time. But I still had this unconditional love that made me feel comforted and comfortable. And it was easy to just blah, 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 and just let my feelings and my heart go, let my tears flow. And I knew, A, she'd never say anything. And B, she would just love me. And C would always tell me her the truth that she believed, whether I wanted to hear it or not, in a loving way. Now, that's what we ought to do today, is look at our little sphere of influence and see how can we be a good person and love them more than they've ever been loved before and ensure through our words, through our actions, that they know they can come to us for anything. What a feeling of security. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Excuse me. Come, Holy Spirit. Come into our hearts, into our souls. Help us to remember the people that we live with every single day are the ones we need to shower love on more than ever. 
We take for granted those that you put in our life. And sometimes we've shunned them and judged them and maybe shut the door to that vulnerable intimacy that relationships in families and communities and even at work need to have. So we ask you today to open our heart to see the good that we are doing and to amplify and dial up that good so that we love the people more than they would expect, therefore giving them what they desire, which is what every human wants, is to be loved and accepted. And then allowing God to do the rest, to water those seeds of love that we have dropped in that person's soul and trust that the Lord will convert them to, and we can watch in awe, glorifying him along the way. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Three Ps, everyone. It's a process, and we don't know the timing of God. But we just need to be persistent in our prayer, be confident, as the book of James chapter 1 says, so that we can receive God's wisdom and be humble enough to let it go and let God come in and do what he does best. Lastly, let's be patient. I don't believe we have to wait much longer, people. I see God pulling evil out of the shadows. I see that God is going to show himself in a way to the world that will make the people who are not evil. I mean, look at the people in our lives. Look at our families. They're not inherently evil. I myself, even though I was duped and fell for all the lies of the world, and I did everything that the evil demons that I allowed into me through all of my actions, I was a willing participant in all of my sins. But was I inherently evil? No, I was lied to and I was duped and I fell for it. But I didn't wish harm on people. I didn't want to hurt people. I was just hurting myself. Now there are evil people out there who do want to harm God's creation, who do not care about you, who want to destroy you. Places like Planned Parenthood, who profess to be caring for women's quote-unquote health care, while at the same time ripping their baby limb from limb, splitting them up. I can't even imagine the horror. I live in Illinois. My governor, Pritzker, just put a law in place to go after crisis pregnancy centers for their quote-unquote mis- or disinformation about abortion. Are you kidding me? There is evil out there. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the people in your family aren't participating in it. Unless, of course, they're doing things like, you know, witchcraft 
and Wiccan stuff and astrology and Reiki. And these things, these things are a little bit different. These are actually calling in spirits and then doing other things. So be careful of those types of things. But again, I think most of us just have kids and friends and family who have just bought into the lies of the one who rules this world, which is Satan. And all we have to do is love them, 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 where they're at, so that they feel comfortable enough to come and ask questions when the time comes, when they start looking and saying, gosh, why is that person, my father, my mother, my brother, my sister, my cousin, my coworker, my neighbor, why are they so stinking happy and yet they're not drugged up and they're not having sex all over the place and they watch good things and they have a good heart and they don't talk about people and they're just love because people are attracted to that and that's Jesus within you. So go be love, everyone. Don't give up. Be a good person today and call on Jesus for his grace to do that. Keep praying. All right, everyone. I love you all. Find something. Oh, wait, wait. Darn. Okay. That's my like news alarm. <laughs> Special alert. I am not doing the sardine fast today. My husband dropped on me this morning. Let's go golf. And I said, okay. I was just about ready to eat my first sardine and get online. He's like, no, can you do it tomorrow? I said, yeah. So I went out there, put a short out there on YouTube, went to the Soul, Mind, and Body group, even the public group, and said, okay, tomorrow, which gives you more time. <laughs> I know some of you are like, yeah, no, sardines are not going to be what I'm going to eat. And that's okay. What else are you going to do? What are you going to join me with for three days? What are you going to cut out? Maybe it's just that you eat meat for three days or eggs for three days or something for three days and you cut everything out. Maybe you don't eat anything and you just drink water for three days. Holy moly, today in the readings, Moses didn't eat for 40 days and he didn't drink anything for 40 days. How does that even happen? Crazy. Remember, these fastings that we do can also be applied to those who are falling away in our lives. Remember, we can offer up those sacrifices for the reparation of that sinner, for our love of God, love of Jesus, and for the reparation of all those who are just indifferent to Mary or who hate Mary. We can make the sacrifice and the fasting so much more meritorious, not just about our bodies, trying to shock our metabolism, trying to get back on track with our sugar cravings and our carb cravings. Maybe we need to drop a few pounds just to shake up our metabolism. So take a look at your life and see what you can do to join, even if it's not sardines. But check out the live video that I'll have tomorrow <laughs> with my first taste of these things. And obviously, I will document everything, jump on the scale, show where I am, document how I feel. And we'll see at the end of the three days what a difference it makes. Hope you join me. All righty, now go be love. Find something more with God today. 
his love for you and his love for others. Joy, Jesus, others, you. And have a blessed and inspired day.